Hi, I'm Hannah Bailey. And I'm Tefra Jemian. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Before we get into this week's episode, a reminder that we're in the middle of a huge fundraising campaign for the Upford Network. At the time of recording, we're just over $9,300, but by the time this episode comes out, we're hoping to have passed $9,500. If you've got a few bucks to donate, we'd love if you could help us out. You can get lots of great perks, including being a guest on this show for just $60. So this week, we're doing a special episode, and this is actually one of our Indiegogo perk episodes, which are always really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was suggested to us, well, <laughs> assigned to us. <laughs> Um, by Matt Dever, who has been, uh, God, such a great support during this campaign. Serious shout yeah. out, Matt Dever has been wonderful. donating and retweeting and posting mm-hmm. and sharing, and it's been fantastic. Um, and I got so excited when mm-hmm. he gave us this topic That's because very what he asked us to do is a ultimate dystopian Hunger Games versus Divergent Snackdown. <laughs> Um, I personally love dystopia. Dystopia is one of my favorite categories of literature. Um, the current YA surge in dystopian literature. I guess it's not current anymore. Yeah, I guess it, like it five, happened like five, five years, ago. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Old. Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. I, I really just, I enjoy people writing dystopia. I think it's mm-hmm. great. Um, uh, and it, it's interesting for me, too, because um, Matt Dever just pitched one of my favorite series of all times, The Hunger Games, against one of my least favorite dystopian series. I want to make it clear within the dystopia mm-hmm. cat- category, uh, Divergent. So it's been an interesting process. It has been an interesting process. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Tefer had read both of them going into this. I had not, so this was my first time reading Divergent. Yeah. I had read The Hunger Games many times. Yeah. Uh, so the one kind of drawback of this is that with Divergent and with Hunger Games, between the two of them, there are six books. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of pages, yeah. and we have one week to prepare for for each episode. Um and, you know, you could say, but Hannah and Teffer, you make your recording schedule and you could have given yourself more weeks to prepare. That's true, but we didn't. So, um, because I have read both series, but I haven't read the full Divergent series in a little while. Mm-hmm. And Hannah has read uh, about half the Divergent series and and all of Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. We decided for this uh, episode, we're going to base it mainly on the first book of each series Mm -hmm. so taking matt's suggestion very serious very literally uh we're going to do divergent versus the hunger games rather Mm -hmm. than the divergent series versus the hunger games series Mm -hmm. but we are keeping in mind that we do know we have an understanding of the universe Mm -hmm. details from the universe will come in details from the later books will come in as Mm -hmm. always this show contains spoilers um As Hannah pointed out, these books are hella old, uh, so spoilers shouldn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, 
so the way we've, we're, we're doing it, Hannah made us this great spreadsheet because <laughs> Hannah is a spreadsheet master. <laughs> and uh, we have nine categories uh, for, for the books. Um, we're rating them each category out of 10. Mm-hmm. We have protagonist, antagonist, love interest, uh, world, world building, plot, secondary characters, writing, emotional impact, and themes. And um, I think it would be fun, actually. What I might do is take this form and post it on Facebook uh, without our answers in it. So if you have an issue with the way that we have rated these, because we are rating them individually. Mm -hmm. Hannah's rating them for herself. we've given them our rating. Yeah, and then we're averaging those. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you want to... Um, rate them yourself and be like you mm-hmm. guys are dumb and divergent is much better than oops and um, <clears throat> I have a choice of a book that is better than that other book <laughs> you can you can fill out the spreadsheet and yeah. show us and be like hey you're dumb mm-hmm. yeah um, on that note I wanted to give a little caveat um, kind of based on me in a past life <laughs> um, which is that I know that I have historically Sometimes it has happened to me that I've really loved something and then heard a critique of it and been like, am I not allowed to like this thing anymore? So I want to give a caveat because it will become clear and probably is clear already that we have a very clear favorite of these two books. Um, we have some opinions, uh, but just because we don't like one of them doesn't mean that you're not allowed to. Absolutely. Um, and so if you love it, like more power to you because there's more things for you to love in the world. And that's great. Yeah. And like, tell us why you love it. Yeah, we would love to hear that. Also. Like similarly, I find if I read something and I hate it mm-hmm. and somebody's like, you know, I really loved it because this and this and this really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. I can look at it and be like, huh? Yeah, I see that because I don't like to dislike books. Yeah. Like, I usually, when I come to a book, I really want to find something to love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if there's, like, please tweet at us, message us on Instagram, tell <laughs> us what you like. Because yeah. we, we want to find out. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to know. Yeah. So, anyway, let's, uh, we, we have a lot to get through. We do. Let's just dive right in. Let's dive right in. Uh, so, our first, car- uh, our first category is protagonist. Uh, so the protagonists are Triss and Katniss, and we have opinions about both of them. Who do we want to start with? Uh, well, I mean, our first column is Divergent. True, it's on so, the left. So let's start with Kat- with. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with Triss, who she is Triss. the character in that book. Triss, Katniss, I'm going to do this a lot. Yeah. Yeah, their fine. names rhyme. I'm going to do they this do a rhyme. lot. So my feelings about Triss are complicated. I feel like I... L- I started. Are they, are they complicated? <laughs> no, but, okay. Like, let, let me talk. Let me okay, say talk. Words. Um, so I, I feel like I really liked her for the first like hundred and fifty pages. I thought that she was gonna be really interesting, and then she like kind of started to like dissolve, and like I felt like she stopped being a consistent personality. And so I found it hard to, like, have any feelings about her. Yeah, I would ag- um, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, like, the one, the one thing that really, that really, like, got to me is, is that I can't figure out what her motivations are. I cannot figure out for the life of me, like, why she does things. Because she doesn't have, like, any consistent, like, driving force. 
the clearest motivation I see with her, like mm-hmm. the, the only explicit motivation yeah. I see with her is to prove to people that even though she is skinny, she is strong. Yeah. Yeah. That's like maybe, maybe the clearest. That's, I think that's the only ever, the, the only explicitly stated motivation, motivation that pretty much ever comes up. That, that carries through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So I find that I find that frustrating. I also find her um, her specialness boring. Yes, because um, she's she's special, but in a very like she's too exceptional mm-hmm. uh, and too easily exceptional, and she makes friends too easily, and I can't tell why people like her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I found that we only get Tris defined by her aptitude for factions. Yes. And on the one hand, I think that's boring. Like you said, mm-hmm. like I think her exceptionalist, her exceptionalism is boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of who she is. Yeah. Because the point of divergence is that you supersede the faction system, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. And the way Triss is written, it's just that she ticks all the boxes, mm-hmm. not that she somehow transcends. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and I had the same problem you did. I feel like I don't know what Tris likes. Yeah, I really like, I really have trouble figuring that out. Like the best thing I have is she likes looking in mirrors and she wasn't allowed to in <laughs> abnegation, so now she does. Like yeah. when she gets a tattoo, she's like, no, I don't want a tattoo. And then she goes to the tattoo parlor and is like, no, I want a tattoo, which I understand because this mm-hmm. is also how I get tattoos. Yeah. But like... <laughs> It just kind of, it just, it, yeah. it feels like there's, like, there's so little substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she, uh, yeah. She likes adrenaline. That I can definitely take down. She likes adrenaline rushes. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, she likes jumping off of stuff. She does enjoy jumping off of things. <laughs> but again, that's something that she didn't like in Abnegation. It's not like we see her as a little girl in Abnegation jumping yeah. out of trees and getting in trouble for it. Yeah. Which is something that would give that consistency mm-hmm. as a character we see her being a good abnegation when she's in abnegation mm-hmm. we see her being a good dauntless when she's in dauntless yeah um and it's basically just like okay we get it you can play the violin and also dance but like what do you like yeah <laughs> yeah it's very it's very tricky so um so what did we write tress mm. or what did we rate the protagonist of this novel I think you should go first because I was really mean. So I gave, I I think I was I was kinder in most of my, because I I feel bad giving things really low scores. But also okay, I I have I have reasons. So I gave Tris a five. Um, okay. Because like as I said, I found her very boring, but she had she had moments that I really mm-hmm. liked. Those moments just didn't coalesce into a cohesive cohesive whole. Right. Uh, is how I felt about her. Like, there were moments when I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like this. But they just, like, didn't gel into one personality. Did you feel in like... In a way that made sense Yeah, to me. did you feel like those moments came from, like, different people? Like, there were, like, there were um, different moments, but they each indicated at a different character? Yes, but, like, not even to such a degree that I could, like, pick out, like, distinct personality threads. Right. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes, they all felt like different people. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah. So like she had, she had good things, but just like, she's not, she didn't feel fully formed to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. I, um, I rated Trissa two <laughs> out of 10. I, uh, like in part because I can't get a grip on her. I don't, yeah. I don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because a lot of the things that I do get about her are just really unpleasant. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, I don't know. She shoots people all the damn time. She's just constantly <laughs> shooting people. And it's like, just maybe chill with the gun for like two seconds and stop shooting people. Yes, um, this is fair. Um, although, she, yeah. That makes me want to caveat that my ratings, both both for Katniss and Triss, are not how much I like them as a person, but how much I like them as a character, which I feel like are different that's a good point. Are for me for me those are different things. Yeah, that's a good um, point. That doesn't make me I'm I'm not negating yeah. what you're saying, but um That doesn't make yeah. me change my rating that's, actually that's at all fair. if that's I think fair. of it from that angle. Cuz I also yeah. found her just kind of written like a caricature of a teenage girl. Yes. By somebody yes. who doesn't really talk to teenage girls very much. Mm-hmm. I don't like that she's constantly rating other people on how they look. Yeah, that's uh yeah, like that she she me. talks a lot about she, like, like chills out about that after the first book but yeah sorry continue yeah but like she's talking about molly who's like mean and strong yes. and so ugly and right <laughs> oh, like, i forgot okay. about that yeah um yeah. and it just sort of feels like like you know that could go in an interesting direction if it was tris feels self-conscious about the way she looks and projects mm-hmm. that onto other people yeah but, but it doesn't feel like that's like the main criticism no. she has for herself is eh, my eyes are too big her eyes are too big and I'm small, so people don't think I'm strong, even though I'm rated number one initiate from Dauntless. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, Tris, two out of ten. <laughs> okay, Katniss. <sighs> Let's talk. Tepper just, like, sighed with joy. I just, for uh. full disclosure, Hunger Games is my favorite YA series. Fair. Like, I, I rank it above Harry Potter for just my own personal enjoyment. So, mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah. But that. there's reasons why you like it. Yes. So <laughs> you're biased, but also not. Um, I also really like The Hunger Games. I don't think I love it as much as Teffer does, but I really, I really like it a lot. Um, I like Katniss a lot as a character. Uh, my first, my first sentence of my notes on her is, "Oh, she's so good." Um, I think, I think one of my favorite things. Well, I like that she has flaws. Um, I like that she's a bit of an asshole and she's impulsive. Uh, she doesn't always think things through. Uh, and she's not naturally selfish, selfless, except when it comes to Prim. But she also has good qualities. Um, and she's brave and fierce and knows how to love, is what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I also really like, in contrast to Triss's like boring specialness, I really like that Katniss is heroism is mostly just comes from circumstances mm-hmm. um and like it's the book makes it really believable that like she was just kind of an ordinary person uh who happened to be in a position where she could make change uh and i like that a lot yeah absolutely yeah in in contrast to how i um was ranking tris that we were just talking about <laughs> 
um one of the things I really like about Katniss mm-hmm. is I don't actually like her very much as a person. Hmm. I think I think that in person we would not really get along. Yeah. I think she would dislike me like quite a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I find her really compelling. And yes. I love how complex her character is. I love mm-hmm. that she's really self-reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I really love about Katniss's character is that her self-perception, as she articulates it, does not line up with how she actually is in yes. so many ways. And that is... I really like that yeah, also. That's a really difficult thing to pull off um, in writing. Mm-hmm. Um and Suzanne Collins just does such a good job of making it mm-hmm. really clear when Katniss is self-criticizing, especially when she's talking about how, like, I'm not as good as PETA. I'm not as selfless as PETA. It's often, like, not true. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. or when she's saying she's not in love with PETA and everything she's doing, doing is demonstrating that, yeah. that she's in love with PETA. Mm-hmm. Um that's just that's hard especially when you're writing in first yeah. person and uh it's it's done so well impressive yeah, yeah really really so really well. impressive um I mean I could go on about the various character traits of Katniss that I yeah. really like but I think overall that's the thing that sticks with me is just mm-hmm. that that it's uh she's such a well-written character yeah absolutely um yeah. <clears throat> the other thing in contrast is I have I have a really good idea of who Katniss is Yes, absolutely. I know who she is and I know what makes her tick. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's very, and it's not that like her motivations are like simple, but mm-hmm. they're very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think uh, Collins does a really good job of making her a believable person. Yeah. And you see what she likes and you see where it comes from that yes. she likes it. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Like, when she's in the games, the reason she wins the games, you see where all of that comes from. Yes. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, she she knows how to hunt and she knows how to climb. And mm-hmm. she lucks out with an arena that, like, that is, appeals to her skill set. Yeah. Um, it just, it makes sense. Which goes back to what you were saying about her making mm-hmm. sense as, she a, makes as sense. a character. Yeah. And her heroism not really being an exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. But it's really clearly both skill and luck. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's skill and it's luck and it's people help her. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's like the the like sort of coalescing of all those things. Yeah. So what did we give Katniss? Uh, I gave Katniss ten out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I gave her a nine. Okay. Um, I think I think what I was thinking is like a ten would be like the best a book has ever done. My favorite. Right. Of anything. Um. Yeah, so I, I gave a few tens, but yeah, Katniss gets a nine. Let's move along to the antagonist. Um, let's do it. So, like the major villain of each piece. So we were taking um, Janine in uh, in Divergent as the major villain, and President Snow as the major villain in Yes, No. I go in a different direction. Oh, the antagonist. Okay. We'll okay. get there because I was me, thinking about me. it and I was like. Oh. Well, I can't. We have to do Divergent first. We have to do Divergent first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Tell me. But yeah, I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't know if it's this clear cut. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe I, maybe I was yeah. simplistic. All right. Or, you know, maybe we have different takes on <laughs> a book. Also, <laughs> also possible. Yeah. Yeah. So for the antagonist, um, I actually like Janine, like mm-hmm. as, a, oh, as yeah. an antagonist, she's the leader of Erudite. Um, 
what I said was I'm honestly not mad at Janine and then like qualified I'm, I'm mad at her because she's a power hungry psychopath um, yeah. I like that she has a high IQ mm-hmm. like that's why she's the leader of erudite is that she has the mm-hmm. highest IQ but she's also unapologetically evil mm-hmm. so you get away from this equation of like smart equals good which I think yes. sometimes our society oh, falls into. I didn't think about that. That's very interesting. Um, and I like it that like, mm-hmm. like yes, intelligence is valuable, but can be used for evil. And yeah. and you do see that across the factions, which is one of the things I think is cool mm-hmm. in Divergent, actually, is this idea of like all of these qualities are good qualities mm-hmm. sometimes and bad qualities sometimes. Yeah. Um, I did realize as I was writing this out that Veronica Roth, the author of Divergent, is like a super Christian and that evangelical Christianity has a real vein of pitting Christians against intellectuals. Yes, And that made me feel really uncomfortable with the abnegation and erudite tension. Oh, yeah. Because abnegation is absolutely the Protestant faction. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that made me, I was writing this, and then I was like, oh, that's a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I... I don't know what makes Tris tick. I know exactly what makes Janine tick. Yeah, you meet Janine and it's just, it's clear. She mm-hmm. knows what she wants. She wants power. She wants to mm-hmm. be in charge. She thinks she deserves to be in charge because she's very smart. Mm-hmm. And she is willing to do anything to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super clear. And I like that. Um, yeah. The other thing I like, which mm-hmm. I feel like is something that like, Normally, I wouldn't appreciate this because I think it's intended a different way. Mm-hmm. But I like that she's coded as she's intelligent, she's attractive, and she's fat. Mm. And yeah, I like great. that. It's like, because I mean, it's absolutely meant as fat shaming because yes. my God, this series is obsessed with talking about whether people are skinny or fat. Yes, it very much is. Um, but I found it really satisfying to just be like, yeah, like she's hot, smart, fat and evil. Like, yep, that that checks out. That's good. I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. So I, I gave uh, Janina 7.5 cool. out of 10. Um, yeah, I also I mean, I feel like I agree with most of the things that you said. I she's she's very scary. She's evil and cold and calculating. Um, I think the one thing is I. I find her less terrifying as some villains because she's not as controlled as some other villains. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the, the the portrayals of villains I find, like, the most terrifying are when they, like, present this veneer of being, like, very pleasant and, like, calm and just, like, calmly do horrifying things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, Janine has emotions. Um, which like isn't a bad thing but it like makes her slightly less terrifying because she feels a little bit more human yeah she has more weakness Mm -hmm. Uh, which makes her a more interesting character but a less terrifying villain Mm -hmm. to me at least Mm -hmm. Uh, so I gave her a six um so I'm really curious as to what direction you went with uh with Hunger Games um so I want to hear what you say about snow first, because okay. I think snow is, I do address snow. Okay. Uh, um, so let's talk about snow. I'm really interested. Yeah. 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 So so I took snow as the, I mean, really, it's like the the 
capital government system is the villain of the piece, but I... That's the direction I took yeah. it. <laughs> but I'm, I think I'm taking Snow... He's, he's the personification of it. Yeah. Uh, so I was really... I was looking at him as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, he is a terrifying villain to mm-hmm. me because he's just so, like controlled and like knows where to push buttons to create the maximum like horror and uh just like present such a like cultured facade while being capable of like such horrifying things um and I mean I guess if this is true of Janine as well but I feel like you see it more with Snow is just like how completely he views people as disposable yeah um like him very clearly he's like very clearly invested in maintaining the status quo um and there are people namely everyone in the districts who are completely disposable in in that goal um so yeah i find him i he's a good villain absolutely yeah um yeah, the reason, so I took a slightly wider lens on okay, this that makes um, sense. to look at the capital and Panem and government, yes. uh, partly because Snow doesn't really show up until book two. That's true. Um, That's he's, true. He's there, but he's largely a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't really and I mean that's interesting because then when you talk about snow and people talk about snow they say he likes to stay behind doors. He likes to stay behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He does not want to be. Uh, a big visible character he would much rather pull the strings yeah it's true you only um, see him when he starts to like directly have to interact with Katniss because she becomes a threat exactly um yeah exactly um but the the capital system the government system mm-hmm. is the real antagonist in Hunger Games yeah. and I think it's really really well done oh absolutely because you have a situation where the villain is the status quo Mm-hmm. Where yeah. yeah, that's very true. Yeah, where like the wealthy, privileged people want to maintain their lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, no matter what the cost is for other people. Yeah, uh, the other people don't get a voice in it, mm-hmm. um, and the other people don't really get to see how the privileged people are living, so they mm-hmm. don't get a huge like yeah jealousy thing. Um, it doesn't matter what the cost is for underprivileged people. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. even when the cost is literally their main form of entertainment. Like, yes. the people in the capital see the children of people in the districts get slaughtered on live TV every year. And they don't... Yeah, it doesn't create any emotional impact. Exactly. Um, um, which is chilling. Yeah, so you see, you see how they don't view them as human, really. Exactly. Which is very... Yeah, yeah. Because it is easier... Mm-hmm. to say my life here is comfortable mm-hmm. and that's something I mean it comes up in the later books when you start having them like Katniss is finding out which districts are rebelling by finding out mm-hmm. what the capital people are suffering from missing yeah like um yeah. and I said at the end of this hmm, where could we have seen this before um yeah I just think I, I mean I really think the antagonist in Hunger Games is um where our culture goes yeah. If we oh, yeah. don't if we don't take a serious look at it. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. And horrifying. Yeah. So I mean clearly I gave it a ten, 10 out of yeah. ten because it's I'm just thinking about it now, right? Like with yeah. current events being oh, what absolutely. they are with like Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. it's very Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if I had taken that take I would have given it a ten. I gave Snow the person in mind. Yeah. 
but that's fair uh, i think yeah. yeah but yeah I, I agree yeah with that um let's roll right along to our love interests yeah um yeah so so trish trish tris is God. main squeeze <laughs> is four slash tobias um i feel like i like liked him as a character for a little while and then he started to give me creepy vibes mm. and uh and then he becomes like really like controlling and violent in the second book Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, I feel like I I don't necessarily dislike him as a character, but I dislike him as a love interest. Yeah. Um. Especially because of like the power dynamic under which they start their relationship, and like he's eighteen to her sixteen, which like isn't inherently super creepy, but he's like written like he's about twenty five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I actually uh like four as a character. I okay. uh, and again, yeah. like I'm looking mostly at the first book because yeah, I, he's he's um, the most likable in the first book. I yeah. think uh, I haven't read the second one as recently as you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think like he needs to be not dating Triss. I think yeah. that that relationship yeah. is, I mean, beyond having creepy vibes, it's really unbelievable. Yes. I don't like. You, you yeah. don't really understand why. Like I get her having a crush on him. Oh yeah, yeah. But him returning it really feels like a crush fantasy. Yes. More than an actual relationship. Yeah, that's very um, true. He reads as at least 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's boring. I don't see what he would see in her. I don't see what would make mm-hmm. him go, like, I train these students every year, but this one is special. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's just, I don't feel like there's anything there for no. her. Um, although I guess they did both come from abnegation, so I could see a certain, like, interest. Mm-hmm. I don't get why they don't recognize each other. Yeah, that's weird. That bit is weird. Um, like, I feel like, again, this this could have been a much more interesting relationship if, like, he was a dude that she was aware of and interested mm-hmm. in child, and abnegation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, what I really like about him is I like, I like, um, I like, first of all, that he became dauntless because he had to get out of abnegation. Yes. And he saw the closest thing to selflessness um, was courage mm-hmm. yes. uh, and that felt like a natural transfer for him and I, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool I think yes. that shows a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. um, I like that he has a commitment to courage being mm-hmm. um, self-sacrifice in some ways yes. or, or selflessness mm-hmm. uh, I like that he's like smart and calm and compassionate and actively mm-hmm. dealing with his trauma yep. in productive ways yep. um, you know to, to a greater or lesser extent Mm-hmm. Um, I do not like that the relationship reads like a youth pastor dating one of his youth group members, yep. which is just a dynamic I've seen too many times. Yep. Um, <laughs> but and like and and the thing that really gets me with that is that it would have been so easily avoidable, yeah, because they hook up like right before she she gets initiated yeah if they just waited till after yeah if he showed the fourth like okay i'm sorry he reads as 25 if he was 25 he would think about it and he would go i'm going to wait like a few months or a year and see how this pans out once Mm -hmm. she is an actual adult yes um 
So it's just so easily avoided, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you're writing three books. You can you can let you this have a slow burn. This, yeah. Go this a can be longer. something that develops like she has a crush on him and their relationship develops in the second book while they're taking on the regime together. Yeah, I would have liked that it's a lot easy. more, I think. Um, which is I mean, I think a lot of the problems I have with Divergent end up being like mm-hmm. there was a very easy fix for this. <laughs> it was right there. Yeah. Um Anyway, I give yeah. him a 7 out of 10. Okay. I, I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, I don't think he's 19, and I don't think he likes Triss. Yeah. I don't believe those things. Yeah. Yeah, or that's 18 fair. or whatever. Um, yeah. So I gave him a 5. I gave it a 5 out of 10 because I was rating it specifically as him as the love interest, not him okay. as the character. Yes. As a character, I like him more, but as, like, I think I was more, the, like, rating, like, their relationship. Um, oh yeah, their relationship I give like a two because I don't even believe it's real. <laughs> give yeah. like a minus number because I don't believe it's real. <laughs> so yeah, I gave it a five. Yeah. Um, and so so we'll move on to the Hunger Games. And so I don't know how you did this, but I kind of was because it's the first book. Although we do have to look at more of the series because like it doesn't super develop in the first book. I was looking at both Gail and Peta. Yes, as was in, I. Uh, okay. Um. So. The thing that I really like is, um, and I, I will, I will admit and give credit, even though I don't know where specifically the credits do. I like, I didn't figure this out on my own the first time I read it. I read a really good like criticism of the Hunger Games, and I was like, oh yes, this is true. This is great. So I really like that the love triangle isn't like just like a love triangle for love triangle's sake. It's kind of like, but it also represents Katniss kind of choosing between different ways of responding to like trauma and injustice and the situation she finds herself in uh like they like Peta and gail kind of each represent a different choice that you can make in response to that situation yeah, and that so makes a lot of sense yeah so the love triangle is kind of about katniss choosing how to react to to everything that's mm-hmm. happened and so i really like that um, I also just love Peta as a character. Um, I like him so much. Uh, another podcast that I listened to recently did an episode talking about tender masculinity. And as I was like reading and thinking about it, I was like, it's just like Peta is so like, he's so tender. I read an article um, on Peta and tender masculinity a few oh, years ago, actually. I'll see if I can dig that yeah. up for you. It, yeah. No, he's he's um, just so tender. He's nurturing and he's he so nurturing. bakes he and he- like... He makes cakes. He makes like beautiful cakes and he plants flowers and And he has this he has such a clear sense of who he is. Yeah. Which to be fair, both Gail and Peta do. They do. They um, both do. But Peta has such a dignity. Yes. Um Yeah, so I love Yeah. The other thing that I really like about Peta is he recognizes, like, this is the beginning of the second book, he recognizes when he's being, like, a bit of, like, a friend zone jerk and, like, snaps out of it and calls himself on it and, like, apologizes. I don't remember that happening specifically. Oh, I believe it's that. It's really but good. But can you remind me what yeah. the scene is? So I don't remember the scene specifically, but it's basically, like, at the end, either at the, I think it's at the end of the first book, like, when Peter realizes that, Katniss has just been pretending for the games. He gets, like, really upset and just basically stops talking to her. And they only interact when they're on camera. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's at the end. I forget if it's at the end of the victory tour or, like, during the victory tour. He's, like, he basically talks to her at one point. And he's, like, you know what? That wasn't fair of me. Like, 
Yes. It yeah, wasn't yeah, it yeah. wasn't I fair of this. me to want to hold you to what happened during the games because you were just doing what you needed to do to stay alive and like and and because him starting that relationship was non-consensual. Yes. Like like yeah. that's really that's a really important part mm-hmm. of that because the yeah. relationship in the arena is important and it's the beginning of of Katniss's feelings for him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't ask her. It's before true. Yeah, he, he announces does not. It. Yeah. Um and I think that's partly because he doesn't think about the impact it will have on her. No. When he first announces it because he is actually in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and he doesn't think about how that could. He doesn't be think about the fact that she has to play along with it. Then mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, I haven't yeah. thought of that, but that's absolutely true. But yeah, so I love yeah. I love how he handles that, and especially in contrast to like, I feel like Gail does not handle no uh, himself well, uh, and he gets like pretty petulant, and yeah, uh, he's a he's a great character. I like him a lot as a character. Um, and I like, I like how he lets the book think about, um, like, retaliation and reactionary anger and, yeah. and that, that question. Um, I also like that the book is kind of careful to not come down hard on, like, telling you what to think about Gail at the end of the book. At the end of the first book or at the end of at the series? At the end of the series. Sorry, at the end yeah. of the series. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm going. Yeah. I'm I mean, I, I. I think that Gail changes significantly over the course of the oh, series. Yes. Also, you see, like something that was in him from the beginning, kind of growing, and mm-hmm. yeah, he does. And I mean, I think he's a little bit tragic, honestly, because oh, yeah. he goes from being really anti-establishment and really about people being able mm-hmm. to live the way they want to live. Yeah. And he ends up being a government worker. That's in true. In the new regime, which yeah, is, which is, I mean. That's something that happens in rebellion, yeah. absolutely. In mm-hmm. revolution, that that the revolutionaries are, of one regime are the are the um, oppressors or workers of the of new the one. one. Uh, but I do really see Gail's storyline as, as fairly tragic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, no, all storylines are tragic. My yeah. God, <laughs> there's a lot of tragedy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, they're just so good. Mm-hmm. Um. We've kind of gone back and forth on yeah. this one, but what do you, what do you have to add? I am um, so I like Peta and I like Gail. I like mm-hmm. both of them. I um I like that they show different sides of District Twelve. Yes. Um, Gail is really familiar to Katniss because mm-hmm. they have grown up together. They've had the same lifestyle. Peta represents a different way of living mm-hmm. in District Twelve. Yes. And he's really alienated from her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really significant um, that the story with the bread is such a big part of their story. Mm-hmm. Because for Katniss, uh, that story is both defining, I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely life-defining, but also puts a chasm between them. Yes. Where he's somebody who has had access to bread and to food and... Mm-hmm. You know, sure has gotten smacked around at home, yeah. but has never been starving to death. Yes. For Peta, that story is a p- point of connection for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, there's this tension that's really interesting. I'm trying mm-hmm. to limit the way I think about it just to book one because I actually think that the tension in book one is very interesting. It is, absolutely. Um, and I've heard a lot of people criticize, like right after the books were out when everybody mm-hmm. was freaking out over whether they were Team Peta or Team yeah. Gale. 
people would say like well she's only with Peter because she has to be mm. and I think you have to look at the fact that she's also only with Gail because she has to be yeah that's very like, true Gail Gail and Peter represent two different sides of Katniss having very little choice mm-hmm. in who she partners with yeah that's um, that's very true I think it's really clear that Katniss has never been in love with Gail not really yeah um, yeah. She sees him as her only option. They're mm-hmm. very, they're a very practical pairing. Yes. Um, they can take care of each other's families, mm-hmm. um, but it's very much just there aren't that many people in District Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and like I like you. Mm-hmm. I think I also you can also see it being like she doesn't want to lose him as a friend. And she sees yeah. rejecting him romantically as something that will lose him as a friend for and her. To be fair, I think he sees it that way too. Oh, absolutely. I think he makes it very clear. And that's um, one of the reasons I like PETA better is PETA's able he does to not say, do that. Yeah. PETA's able to say, like, yes, I'm in love with you, but like you're your own person. Mm-hmm. And for Gail, it's very much like, I have been assuming you will be my partner all along, and now you're saying you won't, and that fucks everything. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Despite the fact that Gail's been like making out with other girls and having other girlfriends, like he yeah. has not been being exclusive. He hasn't no. been waiting. Neither has Peta, which I appreciate that yeah. both of them are like, yes, I've had a crush on you, but like, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that mm-hmm. I, this is where I'm going to step outside of the first book and into okay. the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that at the end of the series, Katniss would be in a place where she was friends with both. Yeah. But not necessarily romantically involved with either. Okay. Um I think I think she and Peter are a really believable couple mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um I think there's something to be said for trauma bonding. Yes. For like once you've been through enough together it's really unlikely that you're going to split up. Mm-hmm. Uh I think to a certain extent victors tend to pair with other victors because yeah, once you've like once you've been in the arena it's really hard to relate to, to people be, who haven't yeah, yeah. yeah um so i believe it absolutely mm-hmm. um but i think again there's a lot of tragedy in this book and i do think that ultimately katniss doesn't have a lot of choice in who she ends up yeah. with no i think that's very true um yeah i do the one the one thing that really makes me believe in their relationship though is that he mm-hmm. cures her insomnia that when they're having nightmares of the arena if they sleep together they can sleep and i think that's Mm -hmm. really sometimes our bodies tell us things you know yeah Um, yeah yeah that's true yeah so i gave it a 9.5 out of 10 just because i feel like there could be it's so interesting collins deals with relationships so well Mm -hmm. um i think there could be a little bit more nuance I think there could be mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. more awareness that Gail wasn't necessarily an actual love interest for Katniss. Yeah, that would have been... Because Katniss just doesn't seem interested in love at no. all. <laughs> like, no. Which makes sense because she's 17 and she's been trying to survive her whole life. Yeah. And like what she, the most she ever says is, I assume I will marry Gail if I ever get married, but also I don't want kids because yeah. that sounds traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. So yeah, I give a 9.5 out yeah. of 10. Yeah, I uh, I agree with those things. I give it a nine. Um, I would have liked, I think in a similar vein, I would have liked to see Gail be called out more or have Katniss have an awareness of the ways in which Gail would, like, the ways in which how Gail interacts with her are unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. I would have, I would have liked 
like I'm very glad that they did not end up together, but I feel like there could have been more of like an awareness that yeah, that that how he is interacting with her is not not healthy. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, we're going to need to move kind of quickly through the next few. Yes, (laughs) yeah, we've been there. All right, so world building and world and world building. Uh, Oh, I, yeah, no, I said my rating. That's good. Um, I actually really like the world uh, in Divergent. I think it's really interesting. Um, I mean, by like it, I mean, like, I think it's interesting and I I think it's well created. Um, Yeah, I find it very, very horrifying. (laughs) Um... And, uh, yeah, I like how, like, it seems like it makes sense on the surface. And then you dig and it's like, okay. Uh, yeah, I like, I like how it, uh, thinks about the idea of, like, how, uh, things that seem like a good idea can be corrupted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the world is pretty cool. I think mm-hmm. everyone needs, everything in it needs more fleshing out. Yeah. Um, but the faction system is really interesting. I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a believable dystopia. Um, I find it cool that there's not like a centralized shady government. Yes. Um, <laughs> until book three. I wrote <laughs> until book three, LOL. <laughs> um, I also need to know who drives the trains. That's that's a big plot hole. Uh, the, factionless. No, they, they, they tell you factionless, factionless drive the trains. Factionless drive the trains. Factionless drive the trains. Oh, okay. Well, now I know who drives the trains. Um, <laughs> I give I give the world building a 7 out of 10. <laughs> well, I gave it an 8 by 5. Pretty good. Because uh, I, I, like, I like the world. Um, yeah. Um, for Hunger Games, uh, I think the concept is maybe less complicated than Divergent. But uh, it's very, it's very well created. It is, everything is lush and intricate and, uh, and very like evocative. Um, And it's also, it's like creepy because of how believable it is. Like how you can kind of see how it happened. Uh, And, and it's, yeah, horrifying because of that. Do you have things to say about? About Panna? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. (laughs) Yes, again, I covered a lot in the antagonist category. Yeah. I think I covered a lot yeah, that's true. Of, of what I uh, mm-hmm. like about it. Um, the other thing I thought about that I, that I had a point about in these mm-hmm. notes is um, I like the stretch of history. There's yes. a really well-established history in Panem. Yes. Um, the Hunger Games have only been going on for 75 years. Mm-hmm. The last revolution was not very long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that puts um, the idea of Panem being fragile into a really cool perspective yeah that's true um clearly the districts were already being oppressed in different ways mm-hmm. um but i just think that the the history is so like often in dystopia what we see is there were the before times and then there was a something and now out mm-hmm. of the ashes rose this and what we have from this is like society crumbled a long time ago mm-hmm. there's this new society in place that is kind of still like like you're already in the end phase of it when you come in the yes. hunger games are already the end phase of it yeah yeah and um and i mean i think are kind of a tragic mistake for the government because yeah. they give this really clear picture of who they are yes absolutely um so i i mean i think it's really good i like the history mm-hmm. uh, 10 out of 10 yeah. yeah uh i give it a nine but i i also agree with your points um moving on to plot yeah so, 
Um, I find the first book of Divergent is plotted okay. Uh, the second one like bogs me down in the middle because I, it gets really slow. But the yeah. first one, I'm I'm going off of the first one. Uh, like it, it moves fine. Um, I feel like a large portion of it. We were talking about this earlier. A large portion of it reads like a lengthy preamble. And then yes, yes, yes. And then the uh, the main like what happens is very condensed. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's not terrible. Yeah. Um. I, the, my main thing is like it's very hard to follow. I have a lot of problems like mm-hmm. keeping track of what's happening at okay. any given time. Um. I think the elements of a good story are there. Yeah. I think it's mostly the pacing and the writing Mm -hmm. that make it hard to follow. Yeah. Um, I gave it a six out of 10. Okay. I don't think it deserves a failing grade because I think the elements are there. It just really needs to be brushed up. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I gave it a seven. I think partially because I'm comparing it with the second book, which I'm reading currently, (laughs) which I find completely incomprehensible in terms of plot. Uh, whereas the first one, like I felt like I mostly knew what was going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Uh, Hunger Games, I think it's plotted brilliantly. Uh, it, like, it covers a lot of ground, but the way, like, the flow from the different narrative threads makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no dull moments or really, like, lags in the plot, especially in the first one. Um, yeah. Yeah, same. I, I find it strong. Um... I get a little bit lost in the second book in a couple of places. Yeah, I would uh, agree with also, that. It's also just a huge book. Yeah, covers it covers a lot, lot of ground. Um, yeah, plot good. Yeah, give it a nine. I give it a nine also. Yeah. Okay. Uh, secondary characters. Um. <laughs> so came down a little bit uh, harshly on Divergent on this one. Um. Oh, you're not ready. <laughs> what for how hard i came down on divergent <laughs> on this one. yeah i'm sure i didn't um so none of the secondary characters feel like real people to me is my biggest uh there are like one or two who i like sort of like and i feel like sort of were real characters actually the one who i liked the most was al and then i feel like they gave up on him being interesting and killed him off yeah um and yeah i think my biggest thing is i just like the characters are not memorable yeah. Uh, and I don't have enough to set them apart. Like, I kept forgetting who was who, which is a sign to me that, like, you're not making them distinguishable enough. Because yeah. if I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, that means um, sign that they're not super compelling. And I feel like most of them are, like, props to serve a purpose in... in the, which, like, I mean, is what secondary characters do. But they're very... Like, that's their only reason for existing. Uh, You don't get a sense of who they are, what makes them tick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. The only ones I care about are Triss's mom and Al. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Al got dead. Um, Yeah. I have a fun headcanon where Eric is gay and in love with four and just has a lot of trouble expressing it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I like that. But I I gave it a two out of ten because I care about maybe 20% of the secondary characters. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I I gave it a five, which was maybe generous uh, because there, there, there are some who have some moments. There are some who I sort of like. Um... 
but yeah yeah I, I think I started it at a four and then I just started thinking about it and I was like, no, percentagely, how many do I care about? This is how I have to do this. Yeah, that's a good way. If I <laughs> if I'd done it that way, I probably would have come up with a similar result. Right. Um, then the Hunger Games. <laughs> um, so I think that the this series actually has some of the best secondary characters in any work of fiction. Um, I knew I knew who all of them were. Like I was thinking about that, comparing it to Divergent in my head. I I frequently in books get confused about who the secondary characters are. Um, like I'm like, oh, like this this guy and this guy. I like interchange them in my brain. Uh, I do that with none of the Hunger Games characters because I feel like they're all very well formed, very, very yeah. They just yeah. they're real people. They're great. I love them or I hate them. Um, I think one of the things that makes them really effective, um, is that because Katniss is somebody who it's hard to earn her, her trust and her, her good regard. And because it's a first person, 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 um, you are convinced to like the characters at the same time as Katniss is being convinced to like them, uh, which makes it very... Like, it's just so effective. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the only note I made was that I care about all of them. Yeah. I care about the bad guys in the arena. Mm-hmm. I care about Greasy Say, who, like, makes soup. Yeah. Like, I, I care about every secondary Single, character yeah. Yeah. In, in the series. Yeah. So that's a 10 out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I also gave it a 10 out of 10. I think, like I said, I think that this book does, like, the best job of almost any book uh in terms yeah. of secondary I mean, characters like, rue Sina, like yeah. your greasy say you care about bogs um yeah there's just oh, there's bogs. so many like yeah. like the the prep team flavius and venia and like octavia octavia yeah. you just you care you just you, you care, care about, about buttercup them. and you care I about, care about tigris and she's there for like a chapter yeah. you care about every <laughs> there's not a person that you don't care about like you care about clove you care about marvel i remember all their names mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's true yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, I've also read these books an absurd number of times, but <laughs> yeah. very good. But yeah, they're just the, yeah, they're so they're so compelling. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, move right, right along to writing. Yeah, Divergent is not written well, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think I feel like there's a it's a lot of just cliches strung together, um, and it doesn't make me feel things most of the time. Uh, and I, I feel like I feel like a lot of the reason why um, why Triss is not a compelling character is that she's just not written mm-hmm. super well. I think it's I mean, I think it's a challenging category to have just writing yes. in a book. Yeah. Because yeah. all of the things we've been talking about are writing. Are writing. They're it's all true. writing choices. Yeah. Um, um, especially like plot. If you're talking about plot and then you're talking about writing, like it's it's hard. Yeah, it's to true. It's hard. It's a tricky apart. category. I feel uh, actually, I think more positive about the writing of Divergent. Oh, interesting. Because what I feel is that the manuscript just needed a year or two more tweaking. Yes. Like it reads very much like a first draft to me. Yes. Um, and I know the rights sold really fast to this mm-hmm. book. I know the film rights sold before the book was published. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of pressure to get it out quickly. Yes. And I think that's reflected in yes. the writing. Um, I think that a few turns with a really good editor. Oh, yeah, uh, would I have tightened it up into something great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it feels really padded and overextended in some areas and yeah. then like hyper condensed and rushed in other mm-hmm. um and to me that's uh somebody needed to say okay cut out this yeah. chapter you know yeah um and I just I feel like I, I feel like it was it is more an editing issue than yeah an issue maybe with this the category should be editing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like I do some of the scenes are really compelling I mm-hmm. really believe the relationship between Tris and her mother um yeah actually that's like that's one of the things but it's it's so inconsistent yeah um yeah yeah but I gave it a five. Okay. Like I didn't. I didn't give it a two. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, and and I think maybe I I really was judging the editing because I think what what I think is that like yeah I think a lot of the problems with other categories could have been tightened up a lot if it absolutely. had taken a little bit longer. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, although I do I do find the descriptions of things just like hard to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially yeah. people. Yeah. Like everybody doesn't have to be either real hot or real ugly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Most of us are not either of those. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Hunger Games is beautifully written. It's like really evocative and there's a lot of like emotions. Yeah. Gives me feelings. Yep. The detail I, I love is that food is so worked into the narrative. Oh, yes. And it makes me hungry. Like, I have to read it with snacks. Yeah, yeah. Food um, and clothing are described, like, so beautifully. Yeah, yeah it's very sensual. Yeah. Um, in the, like, classic, literal yeah. sense of no, the word. <laughs> not in the sexy uh, sense. <laughs> yeah, it's not super sexy. Honestly, I feel like it could use a little more, like... I, I that's one thing I frequently don't believe that Katniss is actually into kissing, which I guess she she usually mm. isn't actually. Yeah, she's only like, into kissing like two times in the book. Yeah, yeah. just um, anyway. I give the writing a nine out of ten, just because I think it's not a book that I would say read it for the writing. And I have yeah. a, and I have a few books that I tell people like I don't care if you like the story, read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also gave it a nine out of ten for the same reason. It's not the most gorgeously written book I've ever read. Um, but it's well written. It's well written. All right. Uh, oh, we're, we're down to our last two. I know this is a long episode. If you're still with us. Uh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so emotional impact. Ooh. <laughs> um, Divergent for me feels like a video game. It's, mm. it's aggressive. It's violent. It's fast paced. There's no time to stop and let the emotional impact sink in. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Triss's parents' deaths. Yeah. Uh, and I get that it's fast paced to show that she doesn't have time to grieve, mm-hmm. but there are ways to show that grief slows time down. I think Hunger Games does a really good job mm-hmm. with that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when it comes down to it, I, I don't care about these characters. I am sympathetic to four. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I gave it a four for emotional yeah. impact. Um, yeah, so I, I came at this from like two different directions. So I agree with basically everything Tuffer said. None of the characters make me feel feelings. Um, I was actually when, so the only character deaths that like made me feel major feelings were I think the ones that I wasn't supposed to care about. Uh, Al dying, I found really, really tragic and, and the girl who, uh, unsuccessfully jumps out of the train. That I just thought was stupid. It was stupid, stupid. but it also also horrified me. I mean, it's horrifying, but what the fuck? (laughs) Like, 
what are they doing? Why? Yeah. Why? Who thought? What? And I mean, bafflement is an emotion. Yes. So. Okay. There we go. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. Okay. So a lot of my emotional impact score was for things like that. For things, because uh, this book does make me feel feelings. I don't think it makes me feel the feelings that it's trying to make me feel. Um, but it does make me feel feelings. Um, and, and I find the, I find the concept and the world very creepy, uh, which is also an emotion. Uh, but yeah, the characters don't make me feel feelings. Uh, so I give it a 5.5. Okay, cool. Uh, Hunger Games, the only note I have mm -hmm. is after I finished the series, I was a wreck for three days. Okay. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... Uh, when I was comparing them initially, my, so like, yeah, I don't really feel feelings when I read Divergent. Uh, I cry by the second chapter of Hunger Games. Um, and just like so many emotions. I think the most impactful character deaths of any book I've read. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, oh, it does such a good job. So also 10 out of 10. It's, it's fucking brutal. It's, it's just, ruthless. oh, it's so brutal. God. Yeah, uh, and it just, it. like, you feel all the feelings. It makes me hurt, and I love it. Yeah. So, we have come to our last category. Our last category. <gasps> wow, if you're still awake, can you're still with us? Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate this you. This is our last category, and then you get to find out who won. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, this category is themes, which we have also as, like, slash moral slash message. Yeah. Uh, sort of what's the... Poorly named category. <laughs> what's the... What's yeah. the... Bleh. Yeah. 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 What's it? What's it trying to say? What's yes. The book trying you. to say. There we go. That's more articulate. Uh, what are the What are the questions it's asking? Is also something that I found interesting. Um, so I actually think the questions that Divergent is trying to ask are really interesting. Okay. Um, like I feel like it's it's thinking about what would happen if the human tendency to want to categorize people was taken to the extreme. Uh, what are the dangers of living in an echo chamber? Um, how can seeming, seemingly positive qualities be perverted? Um, so I like the questions that the world is asking. I find it harder to figure out how the narrative is trying to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. um, or like what the narrative is trying to say mm -hmm. uh, about like what it values or what is valuable. So, yeah. 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 I find that I don't really since you outlined those things i'm like yeah. oh yes i can see these but i find that i don't get a unified message from the book yeah uh, i find that it shifts also in later books mm -hmm. um the main message appears to be like complexity of thought while challenging to those who think simply is still important which i'm just kind of like well yes <laughs> clearly that's fairly obvious. Um, uh, I think there's something to the idea of people categorizing themselves so extremely that anybody mm -hmm. flexible is a thought is a threat. Yeah, I know that book three deals with it more, mm -hmm. but honestly, when book deal when book three deals with it, it feels kind of like a cop out. It mm -hmm. feels kind of like a, I just realized these ideas are simplistic. So, um, I gave it a five out of ten. Okay, I just find it falls flat. Like there's yeah. again always with this book there's a lot of potential that's not mm -hmm. realized yeah i was gonna be generous here i gave it an eight because i do think that the questions it raises are really interesting even if it doesn't deal with them satisfyingly yeah um yeah. yeah yeah i think it's thinking about interesting things i don't think it 
follows through on them as well as it could but i Mm -hmm. think it's thinking about interesting things Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that um yeah so um hunger games Mm -hmm. a little more clear i think um i find that it's really strong comes across really clearly Mm -hmm. um the 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 message i get strongly from it that i really enjoy is that privileged people don't get to ignore the oppression their lives are built on yep and that like usually like i don't know something that's been going around on twitter or whatever recently a lot is Mm -hmm. like if you say you're apolitical that's a sign of your privilege yeah yeah. um and i feel like that's really like a significant part of this absolutely uh, message and i think it's really important Mm -hmm. um you know to remember that that luxury comes from somewhere Mm -hmm. um privilege comes from somewhere somebody's always paying the price and if it's not you it's somebody else somebody else yeah 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 um i think a testament to how nuanced what these books are saying is is that i had totally different things written down right like completely like i i acknowledge that that is a major theme not at all what i what my notes were on um so i really like um i really really love the central question of who is the real enemy which is it's a big question in the second book but it carries through um because I think it speaks so much to how we can accidentally or intentionally, because of the people in charge, uh, redirect anger onto the people who it's not actually, who don't actually deserve it. Um, I think that that's really a tendency in the face of like oppression mm-hmm. and uh, oppressive systems. And so I, I love that the book is dealing with that uh really well um and also the idea of kind of like the idea that PETA emphasizes of keeping keeping who you are in that like how do you how do you deal with the situation that you're put in um while maintaining your integrity absolutely uh I think that that is so well done uh and I I love that um and it also it also uh through gail is really looking at the question of an eye for an eye and Mm -hmm. uh and what happens when you take that too far and is taking it at all taking it too far yeah and uh yeah one thing that i find interesting in terms of peter's trying to maintain his humanity in Mm -hmm. the arena um which which Katniss ends up thinking about it and yeah. him saying that makes her feel really bad. Yes. She feels like why have I why have not I been thinking about that? And I think what's interesting there is that there is in fact a privilege gap between Peta and Katniss. Yes. Katniss is so used to bare survival. Katniss is so yes. used to doing whatever she has to, as is Gail. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and there's something really interesting in Peta being being just more secure enough. That he has the space to think about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that also, when he states them, like Katniss picks it up. Katniss yes. starts thinking about and it, it. And yeah. It and becomes, yeah, it becomes then important for her too. Yeah. And she, yeah. Yeah. yeah I really, really like really interesting. that, that progression. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea of like small acts of resistance and how yeah. powerful they can be. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of that throughout, yeah. and I really and like accidental heroism, accidental yes. symbols. Um, mm-hmm. 
the idea that this that that sometimes being a symbol is enough even if like you don't have to live up to it you don't have to be perfect in every way sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to stand up for something yeah uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of meat yeah. <laughs> in the book. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of tofu. Yeah. In the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, so Tepper is being inclusive being of me. Equal opportunity. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I gave it a ten. That should be. I feel fairly clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gave it a nine, but now I'm now I'm reconsidering. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should have bumped it up one. But anyways, yeah. I find it really interesting that you do not like to give lower than a five, but you also don't like to give higher than a nine. Whereas yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you get a ten or a two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's it's like it like reveals something about myself to me. <laughs> I think I think partially I was I was trying to be like as objective as possible and like I was trying not to not to not to just slam the one that I don't like and right. say that the one that I like is perfect. Right. Um I'm not I'm, that's that's not meant to be a yeah. criticism of you by the way. Oh no, I know. But, <laughs> well, I mean ultimately we broke this into categories because we realized it would be very, very difficult unfair. to be objective yeah. uh if we were just talking about the books as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I mean clearly it's still difficult to be objective because yeah. when you're talking about art it's it's, it's inherently so subjective. subjective. So subjective. So like like Hannah said at the beginning like if you listen to this and you're like you guys are so off the mark like mm-hmm. yeah cool we yeah. might like yeah. that might be True. Talk We're not to us about it. Necessarily an yeah. authority figure. Like these, yeah. these are our opinions, yeah. and you are allowed to have your own. Yeah. I was honestly kind of hoping that you would like like Divergent a little more, so you'd be able to like give me a little more pushback, which you have uh, in some areas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But yeah. not. Yeah. I feel like if I had, I think also like when you first experience things is very important because I feel True. like if I had first read this, like as a fourteen-year-old. I probably would have bought into it a lot more. Right. And not noticed the ways in which it fell short as much. Right. And then that might color my reading of it now, but I read it for the first time this week. Like this week because you had to, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And reading things because you feel like you have to is never the ideal way to read something. Exactly. That's also true. So, yeah. So that's our whole, uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. Thank you for sitting through this. I know it's long. Thank you. We tried really, really hard. <laughs> um, thank you, Matt Dever, for giving us this yes, topic. Yes, this is very fun. It was very fun. I want to do more of these. I like yeah, this. We, we should. We um, can do it in the future. I yeah. really want to do... What I wished was that it was mm-hmm. Scott Westerfeld's Uglies versus Hunger Games. That would have been good. Because I love that series. I also and I would like one. to have a like smackdown between like two books that I absolutely love. Yes. you know, Or yeah. two books that I really don't like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, we'll think about so it. So our totals. Yeah. Um, for Divergent, I gave it a total score of 50.5% on average. Um, I gave it a score of 60% on average. So combined, our total score for Divergent is 55.25%. Okay. So it's like, it's not failing. Right? No, it's not failing. It's, it's not like failing just, just scraping by. Scraping by. Yeah. I think it can be better. I think yeah. it can do better. It can it can improve. It's got yeah. lots of room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Hunger Games, my total was I gave it a 97.2%. Like I said, this is one of my favorite series. I see very little wrong in it. Yeah, yeah. fair. Um, I give it a 92.2%. So that comes out to an average of 94.6%. Mm-hmm. So I guess like... 
going to crown Hunger Games the winner of this dystopian smackdown. According to us, yes. But Hunger really, Games. we're the real winners because we got to read both of these books and mm-hmm. then talk about them in depth. And also Indeed. because you guys are giving money to our Indiegogo campaign, and that's great. And we appreciate we that appreciate a lot. We appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of Up for Discussion, a long-running comedy podcast on the Upford Network. Every week, me and my team of hilarious improvisers use audience-submitted questions to dive deep and delicious into every topic under the sun. Nothing is off-limits. The audience has full control. It's like going to an improv show, only it's in your ears, and nobody's asking to see a scene about sex toys. Hopefully. One reviewer called it an underappreciated cult classic. Another reviewer called it not a very compelling product. Go check it out and see for yourself. The Up for Discussion podcast. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the Up Ford Network. Every week we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend who loves Divergent or Hunger Games or Dystopia. Uh, You can support us not for free for, uh, I think it's like a week and a half more by donating to our Indiegogo campaign. Um, We're building a soundproof recording booth because I'm having a baby and I live in the recording house and babies are loud. Um, We're almost at our goal. So if you want to throw something at us and get us, uh, we're in our last thousand now. It's really exciting. Um, You can go to igg.me slash at slash Upford and donate. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. 